Heard you could take us up river. 50 grand's my price. When can you take us? When can I see the money? Welcome. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Sergio. And I'm Brennan. And today we're talking about what? Anacondas. Yes, you asked for it and we're going to give it to you. I My hope- anaconda does want some, <laughs> son. I, I, I wonder if... Look, our, our, our friend Trace, who loves the first anaconda and thus despised our anaconda episode so much, he changed his Twitter picture to a picture of the anaconda to spite us? Which, Which I love. I love someone who changes their Twitter things. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I felt targeted, but also it was nice to feel that somebody listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to have such strong feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And now, this time in this movie, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll redeem ourselves. But also, I'm like, maybe he'll, maybe he hates this movie and we're just not, we're going to fail even harder. Well, we'll like, see. In his eyes. We'll see what he changes his icon to if he changes it back. If perhaps it's just a different anaconda, maybe he's going to just tweet out gremlins. I don't know. I shouldn't <laughs> be allowed to speak right now. Brennan, continue. Um, I mean, we are going to talk about the sequel, Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. But first, let's talk about 10-word reviews of movies we watched in the past week. Am I starting us off? Sure. All right. So, first film, Tigers Are Not Afraid. A twisted fairy tale that reminds you there's nothing more horrifying than reality. Ooh. And my review is a haunting slice of magical realism heavy on the real. Good. Showgirls, a car crash of a movie that calls for repeated viewings. And my review of Showgirls is good or bad, it's impossible to look away from. Yeah. See, what I, I guess we're both going for the car crash. <laughs> I guess we are. It's, it really is fascinating. Yeah, I it wish is a study in thrashing. Thrusting? Sexing? Barely. Um. Well, all the things we described were about sex. No, I'm describing thrashing of just the way she moves through the world. Uh. <laughs> Truly, like, running out of, storming out of every building in Las Vegas in mm-hmm. an angry huff. Her dancing. Her, I just, I was so worried that one of her limbs would just go flying off. You know, she just experiences the world full throttle. Like, she just, yeah. you know, lives every moment as if it were her last. And, like, she would need to be... Rem- she lives her authentic truth, and we love her for that. We love Nomi Malone. I forget her name every time. A true hero. Are we watching this again soon? Showgirls? Yeah. Yeah, once once uh, my friend who I lent it to gives it back to me. Okay, cool. All right, let's do this then. Okay. Um, here is the plot of Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. I feel like the plot is literally in the title for this one. Fair enough. Um, what what exposition could this could this um, summary give you? Well, let's provided? find out. Bill Johnson, Johnny Messner, leads a group of scientists, Katie Strickland, Matthew Marsden, Nicholas Gonzalez, Eugene Bird, Sally Richardson-Whitfield. I don't know why it was just all listed in one parentheses, but I wanted to, you know, accurately portray it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he leads them into the jungles of Borneo. They are searching for the mythical black orchid. That's not true. It's the blood orchid, which can supposedly grant eternal life. Unfortunately, massive anacondas have been feeding on the orchids for years. <laughs> when their boat goes over a waterfall, the scientists land right in the middle of the snakes' home. It's the snakes'? 
What? It says snakes is home? Yeah, snakes with an apostrophe at the end. Okay. You just say snakes in that instance. Snakes home? Yeah. No, it sounds like one snake. You just say snakes home. No, it's it's multiple snakes. It's their home. Did you just say snakes home? It's like, welcome to the Joneses. Okay. It's keeping up with the snakeses. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Millers. <laughs> okay, we're going to continue. Um, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Um, you didn't want to hear my We're the Snakeses parody movie title? <laughs> no. Okay. See, I had to say the real one first, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. So I gave this movie a two for scariness. <gasps> Me too. Actually, I'm lying. I gave it a oh. one. It's not scary at all. Okay. I just saw your little two right oh, there. you liar. I am. Mentiroso. Many mentiras in this house. All right, so this movie was not scary at all to me. I was not frightened in the least. Brennan, I'm interested in seeing what one scene that I must have blinked during <laughs> frightened you. No, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying like I was actually scared, but in terms of like skin crawling reaction to it, I had a couple of moments like that. Like there was the the evil stone spider that turned people into paralyzed people. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was um, a, it was just a regular spider. It wasn't made of stone. No, it was called the stone spider. Oh, yeah. Okay. You blinked your ears and missed that part. I guess I did. Um, but yeah, no. So just a lot of the the creepy crawlies of the Borneo jungle were um, what I was reacting to specifically, like um, just the idea of like, oh, I would not want that spider to be anywhere upon my person. Um, and that's it. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> So that was the one thing, the spider? Yeah. Why don't we just watch Arachnophobia and put like a five on scariness then? I would. All right, let's do that. I'm ready. Okay, I mean, I don't know that I would actually say that, but Arachnophobia is such a terrific movie. Arachnophobia is frightening. That movie freaked me out for years. Oh, yeah. And it, it holds up. It holds up so well. It holds up very well. Just like another spider movie, Spider-Man. <laughs> Which well, one? You know what? All of them. I would say let's rewatch them before we commit to saying Spider-Man holds up. First of all, the Spider-Man, the only Spider-Man that I recognize, Tobey Tobey Maguire, Maguire, holds up fantastically. I just don't know in terms of effects if you would feel that way if we watch it. It holds up great. How dare you suggest otherwise? No, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying 2001 CGI, things is different. They are different, but it holds up magnificently. Okay. When was the last time you watched it? Just a couple years ago. (laughs) In 2002? Before before we met. Okay. (laughs) Um, So... But at least six years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. But it holds up great. I just know it does. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, how do you feel about Eight-Legged Freaks? Again, one uh, one that I watched even longer ago than you watched Spider-Man, but also terrific movie. It is Effects movie. are probably not great. They're not that great, but they hold up. You know, hold enough to still enjoy the movie. Okay. That's all, all right. I need. That's good. All right. So are we done with scariness? Yeah. All right. So campiness. So, Brennan? Yes. I give this movie a three. I give it a two. We've been disagreeing on this episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, mostly because I've been looking at your list and being no, like, she, I'm "Stop in, cheating!" How is it cheating? Well, look, you shouldn't base your reactions on my reactions. How do you know you it's not be- mine? Truly, I'm just slightly motivated. Like I'm in between things, and I'm using your your numbers to just push me over the edge. Look, if you want notes, make your own goddamn notes. <laughs> I would love if you took more of an active role in this podcast. I'm leading the show right now. What more do you want from me? You're not leading the show. I am. I'm saying, Brennan, why'd you give your movie a two when I gave it a three? <laughs> and then you got in a little hissy fit. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't stand <laughs> someone leading the show. Other no, than you. you can lead the show. You just don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, Brennan, why'd you give the movie a two and not a three? How c- okay, if you're telling me, then you should tell me why I gave it a two. 
Because you're not asking. Fine, I'm asking you, God. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming to our like couples counseling (laughs) podcast. Yes. Um, So, Brennan, why'd you give it a two and not a three? Um, and I honestly feel like it might deserve a four because I felt like it was pretty campy. I don't know. Like for some reason, I felt I was kind of invested in this movie mostly because of the monkey Kong. Mm -hmm. Um, there is an adorable monkey pet who provides some pretty odious animal reaction shots which are like very family comedy mm-hmm. but also um the monkey just was trying to get his little banana and hot dude captain was like no you already had your breakfast and the monkey's all sad and then the monkey goes up and lands on a mango tree to steal some mangoes which i was like hell yeah monkey live your life um daddy doesn't have to know mm-hmm. um but then it, there's a scene where it makes you think that the anaconda ate the monkey and i was so sad mm-hmm. and i'm not normally an animal guy in general especially in the movies yeah whenever a horse dies in a movie it's like fuck yeah <laughs> that's a horses when have we seen a horse movie ever mr ed the Is that show? a movie? No, we don't even we don't watch that. You just wish him evil. Look, I mean, I'm sure Mr. Ed plays on the old TV show channel that we have on our um, <laughs> antenna TV. I think it does. Um, but we're only ever around what on the during the hour that it's playing Hazel. <laughs> I miss Hazel so much. We need to rewatch that. We should. We went a whole summer without watching Hazel. That's so sad. Yeah, it's not a summer without Hazel. Anymore. I love Hazel. She's so just salt of the earth. (laughs) So spunky. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, I just I was so invested in this monkey's. I was gonna say lifestyle, but like no survival. Mm -hmm. Um, the monkey does survive. Um, there are several times where it gets iffy, but I'm just start like a a web page. Does the monkey monkey survive? Yeah, there is a web page. Like, does the dog survive in movies? Oh, I do know that, but actually, no, I should because that would be a much easier gig than the dog thing. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's some there's some cheesy stuff like a terrible like one liner where the fake Ava Mendez is like over here, bitch, to the anaconda. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, not everything's a bitch, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't really fit. You're not Freddy Krueger. No, she's just um, she her delivery is not the best for certain lines. No, granted, like the dialogue is is what it is. Um, but. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that for no reason. Tangent. Yeah. Although I will say, um, at least it's it's less like, f- um, there there are quips that will send a film to a grinding halt if they're not performed by say mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. where you know like in it's usually with oh, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna curse. This is so shocking to everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's usually fuck you blank or blank motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And that's the absolute pinnacle of lazy screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the whole um, Halloween resurrection. Buster Rhymes going trick or treat motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Or in um, Leprechaun where it's like, fuck mm-hmm. you, Lucky Charms. And it's like, those aren't lines. Mm-hmm. They're just quips that you want people to cheer at, but you have not worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so at least like- this one had a slightly different swear word. Is it like at the end of uh, Ready or Not where she has that one line where even though there's no swear in it, um, it did feel kind of a little bit like, eh. Like hackneyed? Yeah. Um, yes, although I didn't mind that line in that particular film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it is like that. It's just like this is a time. It, it's, a, it's a placeholder It's meant line. to be a quirky line. Yeah, it, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what else did I like? I mean, look, I was so right that the blood orchids provide immortality, and that's the dumbest like premise, mm-hmm. <laughs> and is great. And also, there's so many sexy people in this movie. Yes. So, a moment, if you please, so we can honor uh, Johnny Mesner. What's his name? J- yeah, Johnny. Me- you, you got it. Yeah. See, that's how hot he is. Is that I committed his name to memory. That's powerful. He was very hot. I was having a really hard time. I mean, I guess not a really hard time focusing on him on screen, but like, just having a hard time not like drooling. I don't know. We did spend about whipping fi- it out. <laughs> oh my god. We did spend about fifty percent of this movie on his IMDb profile being like, here's what else he did in two thousand two. Cause yeah. he his heyday was about oh one to oh five. Mm-hmm. He's still working. Oh yeah. No, I know. Um but no, he went on a date with Rachel on Friends. Um he's actually the title character. It's called The One with Rachel's Date. Mm-hmm. He was um he was in the sweetest thing and he played a really hot guy who I was into when I saw him in that. Yes, and Selma Blair, you know. You know, gave him a real good "How do you do, sir?" Yes. Um, but yeah, no. See, he's hot. We get some. We got some Morris Chestnut in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not at his hottest, but like still good. He's good. Um, the way he had to go though was sad. Oh yeah, he got bitten by the paralyzed stone spider, and then the anaconda ate him. And then his corpse just burned. I guess. Didn't oh yeah, burn? they they all, yeah they burned down that magical hut that they appeared. At. Not magical, but like. I, I don't know if I was in an IMDb Joseph Messler spiral or not, um, but I definitely had a moment where I looked at the movie and I was like, when did they get to a hut? Where did mm-hmm. they find a hut? Yeah. And then I had another moment about five minutes later. Where I was like, why are they in a cave now? How did they get here? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the fault of the editing or of my attention span. I think it might be both. Okay. It might be one of those situations where yeah. it's both. We worked in tandem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I thought the movie was pretty campy. Okay, explain. Their, per- their performances were pretty, um, you know, just the characters, the way they were written, it was like, okay. Um, I know that for uh, when we first met the first Jinsoon, he was going to be the real Jinsoon, and he was going to lead us to somebody else. Again, I you keep you kept calling him the first Jinsoon. I don't think they thought his name was Jinsoon. Oh, well. It's just a guy who they're talking to about a boat, and he's like, let me bring it to Jinsoon. Okay, fine, whatever. Um... So, so him, yes, uh, his character was like funny, and then just the the scientist's evil dialogue and just their whole characterization of being like driven by corporate greed, which you know is uh-huh. true, especially if you you know are a pharmaceutical person, like you know big pharma is definitely evil, but it was just so like funny how maniacally evil they were like oh, yeah. they saw the world in terms of how they could like harvest it and colonize it which i was like okay come on now yeah um, and also yeah there is a hilarious scene where morris chestnut and fake ava mendez are both on their like crazy satellite phones mm-hmm. and just like trying to get the best reception which is in the same spot and just like <laughs> shouting over each other yeah um that was pretty camp for me um what else was campy um the romance is uh were funny i thought <laughs> but um yeah i was happy well no i wasn't um, oh my god what were you <laughs> well because i didn't know tell the was, truth i didn't know who was going to end up alive at the end and like mm-hmm. what romance i was going to be rooting for uh-huh. um i originally i was rooting for uh, the holly hunter knockoff yep um to be with the mexican doctor uh okay 
I know you were excited that there was a Latin person in this movie, uh-huh. but he was not a good person. He was a workplace harasser. He made it clear that his one goal on this trip was to get into fake Holly Hunter's pants. And I'm like, who even are you? Like, you are a hot man. But he, he for the first act of the movie, he is like the secretary in Powerpuff Girls. You're like, is that his pants in the background of this scene? Or is that him, like... The the in this uh wide shot, like the farthest back person, like behind a tree branch uh, or whatever. Look, that didn't ruin him for me as a person because she he they were still equals. They were both students, they were colleagues, um, like on par with one another and no, so they weren't. Went, yeah, I mean was. he had no power over her, but he was a doctor and she was like an intern type thing. Not she an was intern. She was also still a doctor, wasn't she? Like she was a graduate student slash turned doctor. No, she was like a biology major person. She was like a pharmaceutical person. He was like the medical staff. I think you're wrong on this one. I'm I think women can not. be doctors too. No, they can, but she wasn't. Brennan, why are you she being could so if she problematic? To. I'm going to look up her character and if there's a doctor by it. No, she was in his like biopharmacology class. That's not a doctor thing. She was in the class of the other guy. Yeah. No, not she no, she was not in Latin doctor's class. She was in Morris Chestnut's class. Or no, the British oh my guy's God. class? Can you keep track matter. of who it is that I am looking up now? No, no. but the guy that you're talking about, he is he was hired to be like first aid for the boat in case anything terrible happened. Mm-hmm. He was the medical personnel. Okay. Um, He wasn't like really... So he wasn't her superior, which is... Yeah, he wasn't her superior, but it's still inappropriate. You're in the workplace, you're in Borneo, and your your job is to keep everybody safe. From harassment and also bugs. Not her. Is in his job description. It's not you must keep people safe from harassment. No, but uh, he's at work. Whatever. It's in the Amazon. I give him a pass. I am problematic. Sue me problematic for finding him fave. attractive. He, oh, he was hot. Yeah. I would have done it. Okay. But I would have been uncomfortable in the workplace. Anyways, back to an earlier point that you brought up that he was a character that it took me forever to be like, is he really even in this movie because he wasn't on screen? That's more a problem with the screen than than him. Yeah, no, it's not his fault. Yeah. But that's what told me that he was going to die and so I shouldn't root for him as a character to live Uh because I was like... The fact that the camera doesn't love him as much as it doesn't, it tells me he's going to die. Yeah, the first scene where he has, like, real chunks of dialogue, it's like, oh, you're going to die this scene, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, um, fake Holly Hunter ends up with spoilers and Johnny Mesner, who I'm happy for because he's pretty and, you know. He's pretty. Although, for me, he was a little bit of a prom, uh, a term I learned from our Australian friend, Aaron Dries. Um, it's because when you're eating prawns, you eat the body, but you rip off the head and throw it away. Um, it's the male butterface my response to that was like just like regular prawns he can mess up my insides anytime he wants he sure can um so anything else in campiness or shall we move on um no but i wasn't really happy when holly hunter ended up with him even though i'm happy that someone ends up with him like that he gets to fuck yeah because it just seems so out of left field yeah all of a sudden they're flirting to one another and she and oh yeah, it, this only happens because they're in a movie and it's required that yes. heteronormative romance be maintained at the yes. end of a movie. Yes, in the final shot of the movie, the four main people who survive are just kind of on this raft, kind of like joking around, being like, ha ha. And I'm just like, they just suffered a great ordeal, like betrayal, people died. Like I'm sure at some point, some of them probably peed themselves. Ho- the horror. Um, and they're just here joking around being like, 
it's good that you're going to be around because I'm going to like you. And I'm just like, this is so dumb. Yeah. This is some dumb writing. <laughs> okay. Also, there's no guarantee that they're going to live through, like, past the end of this movie either because they're still stuck in the river in Borneo on a raft with no food. Yeah. So the sequel could just be that that movie that nobody watched with the Sam Claflin and uh, Shailene Woodley where they're on, like, a boat floating around. Adrift. Okay, good. I was going to be like, Castaway? Yeah. A little sad. What's your effect score? Uh... I'll give it a three. Me too. Maybe yeah, three is solid. Um, I think the effects are way better than the first Anaconda. They're not mm-hmm. like good effects. No. But the Anaconda is relegated a lot of the time to like underwater shots, shadowy shots, nighttime shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more because the first Anaconda is trying to show off its, you know, $100,000 a second Anaconda. Uh-huh. But by in doing so, it shows off how terrible it is. This one, they're trying to hide the flaws of the Anaconda. And they do it well. Mm-hmm. I thought the underwater Anaconda was really good. Oh, yeah. That was so spooky. And it's just like, damn, like, you really don't know what's, you know, what lies beneath. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer might be down there. <laughs> I never saw that movie. Me neither. Let's watch it. Okay. Um... So, so yeah, so I thought the effects were good. Um, and the sets were really immersive. I don't know. Do you know where they filmed? Did they really film in Borneo? I doubt it. Um, it might have been. I did read on IMDb trivia that it was the first film to have its premiere in Fiji. So maybe they shot in Fiji or maybe they just wanted a vacation for the premiere. <laughs> um, but I will look it up while you continue. Um, yeah, it's just whatever, wherever they filmed, it was really realistic i really did feel like wow these idiots are building like a boat right now this is great yeah that's true um so it was stellar like filmmaking in that regard i know it's not necessarily an effect but set building and world building to me is yeah and um the when the boat falls off the waterfall it's a pretty intense effect that looks really cool Mm -hmm. um yeah it looks like oh the waterfall specifically was in new zealand but the rest was in fiji well and also, something was shot in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which I assume was the, the office scene. I mean, I guess so. Why would I need to shoot in Oklahoma? You can shoot that, like, in any, like, film studio. It was... All they used was a conference room. <laughs> but it needed that Oklahoma twang, you know? Why would... Again, <laughs> it's like, we're going to go to Oklahoma to film this shot. That might just be some fake trivia posted on there. Maybe. All right. So, Brennan, what's... Our By your... the Oklahoma City Tourism Board. Yeah. What's your quality score, Brennan? I'm going to give this one a three. It's not great, but I had a fun time with it. I g- your face that you made with that was so strange. Like, you took yourself very seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Roger Ebert now. I'm like, why? <laughs> uh, I give it a four. It really? Yeah. Oh. Yes, Brennan. Please stop making faces. They make me uncomfortable. Um. So, yeah, I gave it a four. It was gnarly. I had fun. Uh. What? I'm just going blank face, so I can't. I don't freak you out. Okay. Um. Yeah, it had some hot dudes in it. I loved them all. Um. I wish that like the first movie, there'd be some more sexy scenes and more shirtless scenes. But you know, you get what you pay for, and we found this movie free. So oh, no, you paid to rent it. I did pay for it, um, but I don't regret that. I would have regretted paying for the first Anaconda. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm down for the next movie. I'm excited. This one was fun and campy. Yeah, it definitely, it is what I wanted it to be. All four of the screenwriters did a great job. Yeah, a star Um, for every screenwriter. Yes. Says Roger Ebert. Also, 
uh, I forgot to add to campiness. Um, our our hot friend, he talks like Will Arnett the whole time, like just really growly, grumbly. And it was just his voice. It might have been, but it, it felt like an affect to me. Okay. I was like, no one talks like that. How do you know Will Arnett isn't doing an affect? Oh, he is. So it's unseen. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we liked it. Yeah, we had fun. That's good because the first Anaconda, we were both kind of regretting our lives and our choices. And I was worried this whole franchise would be like it because we got five of these fucking movies. There's um, five? Well, yeah, there's four, and then there's the crossover with Lake Placid. Okay. Where we rejoin our there was heroes. Just three. No. Um, there's. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it. Um, we'll get there. Um, but I guess that's it. We'll keep in touch. Well, Has it been a full 30 minutes? Well, our episodes have actually been running pretty short recently. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, That's okay. Some of the movies have not been worth ta- talking about that much. But this one was great. Let's talk about some of our favorite moments that well, we had with we the st- Anacondas. We, we still have a couple sections left to talk about. Oh, we about. do? Well, no, we have the, the next week and our guesses. Okay. So before that, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter. It's what? And before that, let's take a moment for our new segment, a moment of silence for Anacondas Lost mm-hmm. during this viewing. Yeah, there are quite a few because it lived up to its title. Moment of silence. Okay, cool. Oh, Scream 101 Pod. You can find us on email at scream101podcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars because we commit to a franchise and we commit to you, the listener. And I commit to a bit. He does. As evidenced by the fucking moment of silence that you allowed me to carry through. Yeah, comedy poison. Um, but yes, next week we're going to be catching up with Lake Placid. We're going to be watching Lake Placid, the final chapter from 2012. Spoiler alert, not the final chapter. How unfortunate for no one. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited for the return of Reba. <laughs> you have no idea. I, every time you say Reba, I just can't help but think of my favorite survivor, Reba McIntyre. Of course. Um, but let's make our guesses for Anaconda 3 Offspring came out four years later in 2008 and I can tell you David Hasselhoff stars in this Anaconda movie or yeah. the Lake Placid one in Anaconda 3 Offspring so what do you think happens I mean I'm guessing someone gets pregnant yeah I mean like there are plenty of Anacondas left alive in this movie and also it's not even in the same location as the first movie so I don't see why they would need to have kids. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone has a baby with an Anaconda. Maybe That's kind of what I hope. That would be awesome. Like someone got implanted with some Anaconda babies and they just give birth to snakes. Yeah, and we have learned from the Frankenstein movies that the title doesn't always refer to the monster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the offspring could be human. Oop. I guess that's what we're guessing. And until next week, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.